Now let us read verses 12 and 13 together. First Peter chapter 4, verses 12 and 13, reading. Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened unto you. But rejoice, inasmuch as ye are partakers of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory shall be revealed, ye may be glad also with exceeding joy. Let's read verse 12 one more time. Reading, Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened unto you. May God bless the reading of his word. Now let us all turn to God first in prayer. Let us pray. Our gracious, loving Heavenly Father, we thank you for the great privilege together to study your word, to worship you in thy house tonight. And Lord, indeed, these are privileges none of us should ever take for granted. And we come giving you thanks and praise. And we do pray once again for the fresh cleansing and washing in the blood of our Saviour. Be in thy house tonight to feed us. Lord, remove all distracting thoughts and focus our hearts and mind in thy holy word. And we pray that, Lord, your Holy Spirit will teach us, we will learn many lessons and prepare us to walk the strangers and pilgrims' life on this earth. We ask for attentiveness and growth, spiritual growth in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, please keep remembering this book of 1 Peter is written to Christians that were going through very severe persecution. All right? So, their persecutions were so severe, they would be used as living bodies, burnt alive, on the, used as street lamps at night in Rome. This is the kind of sufferings they went through, all because they believe in Jesus Christ. Now, at this point of time, all right, Peter, after encouraging the Christians well to be hospitable to one another, he turns now to the individual Christian once again. Now, look at verse 12. He said, Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened unto you. We want to focus on this tonight. And I think this is... I don't think, I know, this is God's perfect timing um, for um, those who have been going through great difficulties. It is not by chance that we arrive at this passage uh, this week to encourage them. I believe the Lord has um, arranged for all things. Now, let's look at verse 12. Now, it begins with Peter, at this point of time, calling them beloved, beloved. The Christians who are going through great persecution. Why do you think Peter will suddenly now want to use this word, beloved, beloved. Why do you think so? Maybe I start here. Why do you think so? They were going through great persecution, and then Peter says, beloved. To remind them that God still Very, very good answer. To remind them, in the midst of their persecution, that God still loves them. Alright? So, beloved in the Lord. Of course, it's not just Peter loving them. Beloved in the Lord. That is always the case in the Bible. That they are loved. Not just by Peter. Peter loving them is not a great encouragement, right? But when Peter says beloved, they would also remember, well, we are, we are beloved people of God. And Peter reminds them also of his love for them. That God still loves them. When you go through persecutions, when you go through great trials and difficulties in school, or when you come out and work, some of you are working, it is easy to forget, all right, that you are loved by God. 
God, why is this happening to me? God, do you love me? And maybe you even feel alone, right? You even feel alone. Seems like I'm going through all this on my own. Do others understand? So when Peter wanted to encourage them, Peter now wants to tell them about trials, about what they're going through. He used the very tender term, beloved, beloved. All right? Now, when we go through trials, we must remember um, that there are other Christians that also cares. Now, in fact, if you turn to the last part of this, this letter, in chapter 5, now notice he says in verse 13, now he says, the church that is at Babylon elected together with you, saluteth you, so does Marcus my son. Right? So he says there are people in the churches, there are people in other churches that know about your suffering. You are beloved of them. They write greetings to you. They are thinking about you, even Marcus, not just the church, but individuals. So when Christians, when you go through difficulties, maybe in school, you are bullied for your faith, and then you go home, you feel very alone. You feel like going to your room and you feel very lost, right? Well, here God says, remind us, you, you are loved. Then there are Christians that also care for you. Just like when our brethren, they go through persecutions, difficulties um, overseas in other countries, we announce it in prayer bulletins, right? You pray for them. You remember them. They are loved by us, although so far away. And those of you that go through difficulties at home, in school, here in this church, we also announce at prayer meetings. The last few weeks, we keep praying for those that were under trials, right? So you are loved. So it's a very, very reassuring term. The Christian must remember that. So when you go through trials, now don't just crawl into a hole yourself, all right? Know that there are others. Reach out. Let them know. I'm going through this. Please pray for me. You are loved, all right? You don't have to feel, I think no one will care. I don't think um, anyone will bother. We must know that you are, we are loved. Just like in verse 9, verse 9 and 10, God says, well, use hospitality to one another. As much as we're reminded to love others, we must be reminded that others would love us, all right? So, well, thank God for those who share and we know how to pray for them. We know how to um, encourage them. Now, that's number one. Now, the second thing to wonder in question number one, all right? Well, what is Peter's great concern for them? What do you think is Peter's great concern for them? Now, Peter, by now, has said many times about, well, don't be discouraged, don't be discouraged. Now, why do you think Peter takes so much pain to keep repeating this message? Don't be discouraged. And then now he says in verse 12, well, you're loved. And he said, don't think it's strange when you go through fiery trials. Why do you think he keeps talking about this? All right, Elisha, why do you think so? Very good, right? Because when you go through trials, it's very easy. All right? It's very easy to be so discouraged. Then you no longer trust God. You no longer want to follow God. You can fall, in other words. So when Peter knows that these Christians are going through so much trials in their life, now Peter's great concern is that the Christians, and there are many new believers at that time, all right? Young believers, he is fearful that they might fall. They might fall. Now, Christian, when we go through trials, 
We can fall when we go through difficulties in life. We can stumble. So Peter writes again and again to try and hold them up. You know, don't fall, don't fall. It's very easy for that to happen. Now, so he begins to now address them. Now, because you can fall easily, and I want to keep encouraging you. Now, what does he encourage them with? There are some things that Peter will say in the next two verses to say, now, if you remember these things, I'm not just writing to encourage you, but I'm writing to help you know how to avoid falling. And you can fall, right? How to avoid falling when you're going through trials, right? Now, then it goes to question number two, all right? Question number two. Now, first and foremost, look at verse 12. Beloved, now think it not strange concerning the fiery trial. You see, we go through trials. He's worried about them. They are going through trials. Now, what are fiery trials? What are they? Maybe I ask any, any, what do you think are trials? Um, like God's permissive All right, God allows certain things in your life, okay. Now, for the, for the younger ones, trials. This is not trial and error. All right, let me try something. Let me try something in that sense. All right, this trial refers to, well, difficulties, all right, in life. Challenges, or it can be persecutions. Can be someone, um, now, of course, this, in this case, is for their Christian faith, they were bullied. For their Christian faith, some of them were killed. So, trials, fiery trials. But you need to know that Peter used this word that is quite a special word, all right? It's not just trials as we normally know the Greek word. Now, he chose a particular word. And you, although you may see fiery trials is two English words, it's just one Greek word, just one Greek word. Now, this Greek word, and he chose this to help them understand trials. Now, it, is, it has to do with, um, you know, like the, the metal smith, those that work with metal, they will bring these lumps of metal, then they will put it in a furnace, fiery furnace, all right, to melt the metal, all right? So he chose that kind of word. Um, there is burning involved, that is why it's called fiery, all right, fiery trials. And then in these metals, they are melted. Now, do you know why they melt the metal? Um, uh, I'm tired, so next person. Jennifer, to get rid of impurities, very good. You see, before the metal smith, all right, use the metal. He wants to make sure that the metal is pure. It is good metal. And many of these, as they, as their mind, all right, they may contain impurities. So the whole purpose of this fiery furnace is, is to remove impurities remove impurities. So it gets melted, then they, they, they scoop out those, um, those parts of the met of, of melted parts that are not supposed to be part of that original metal. They remove them, all right? So it's for removing impurities. Now, then when we move to question number three, all right? Let's move to question number three then. Now, when we know that that word means, well, to, to melt something, to remove impurities, now what do you think God is trying to tell us about the purpose of trials. Gracia. So God says, Gracia, 
I will put you through fiery trials. And you know, the word that God chose meant, meant what we just explained. So what do you think is God's purpose of putting of, of fiery trials? Okay, very, very good. So that we can get rid of, well, some of the sins and we become stronger in faith. That could be that, that meaning, alright? So, to remove things that God says, no, I don't want those things to be there. I want to remove them. Now, notice, now, Veronica, notice what, what Gracia say. After it re, it's, you remove those things, it becomes stronger, right? Becomes stronger. Now, um, why do you think God wants to put us through all this then? Testing what in us? Very good. Wow, you're on the roll tonight, right? It's to test our faith. Test our faith. So the Christians, they are fearful. And one of the things that God has to put them through still is to test their faith, right? And to test the faith is to make them stronger, to, to make them stronger. Now, so one of the things that we must remember first and foremost, if I were to ask you, what is the purpose of fiery trials? What's the purpose of fiery trials? Um, uh, Phoebe, if you look, if you look at verse 12, um, the fiery trial which is to, what is for, what, what are fiery trials for? To try you, alright, to try you. And it's very specific, it is for you. And it's to, this fire is, is designed to move towards you, alright, to try to test you. Just like in school, the teacher said, we are going to have a test. The test is to try you, to test you. All right? So now, look up here. The Christian must realize in life, or maybe I should ask you then, any, any. Then as you go through life, you say, hey, how come, how is it that I become a Christian? And suddenly life becomes even more difficult. People make fun of me for believing in a God. Now, so when you go through trials for your Christian beliefs, what must you remember then? Very good, all right? Now you should put the whole verse together. That we are beloved. We are beloved. And we are loved. We are not forgotten of God. We are not forgotten of other Christians. And that God is actually testing our faith. So Christians, now you begin to realize. Now this is a perfect person to ask. Tanya, when you went through trials, what is it for? Um, to test our faith so that we may be strengthened. To test my faith. Not just to test your faith for fun. Alright? Just like the, the, the metal smith, he puts this metal through the fire. It's on purpose. He lit the fire. It's on purpose. And that purpose is actually to make the metal purer. Your faith purer. Alright? And to make your faith stronger. Alright? Some of this metal, if they are mixed and all that, then it's not very good metal. Alright? It won't fit its purpose. Not very strong for some cases. So to remove all this so that the metal will be very pure and very strong, very useful. All right? So the Christian now must remember that when things happen, God is testing you. All right, so look up here. Every time, every time you face trials for your Christian faith, huh? please don't say, I face trials because I cheated in class and I, I lied to the teacher and now I'm being punished. This is, not, this is not about that. For, for your beliefs, for being a Christian, for obeying God, whenever you face trials, 
What is the word that must come to your mind? Caleb. Say again. Alright, so whenever you face trials, what is the word that must come to your mind? It, is, it starts with T. This is a? This is a test. This is a test. This is a test. Always remember. Because now, Peter chose this word very carefully. Peter knows that in the midst of, well, living in fear, they are living in fear. They have to hide in caves to worship God. Not like us, come to church so comfortably, right? They have to hide in caves to worship God. They can be captured and killed anytime, all right? Their properties, their lives are always at risk. Their jobs are at risk. So now when they're going through all that, it's very easy to just say, oh, why are all these things happening to me? But now, same for you. Peter chose this word to remind you, these are tests from God, tests. So Cornelius, all right. Um, what do you think are some? Now we come to the second part, right? So the first part, I'm going through a test. I'm going through a test. I'm going through a test. Now, why is it important for the Christian to remember that you are going through a test? Or maybe why is this removal of of impurities important? Alright, so now, this test is to make you better, right? So, like, like you said, what are these tests for? To make you better. To remove all the impurities, and then when you're better, you can serve God even better. You're more useful to God. So, tests, what are tests for? Tests are good, because to students, tests are not good, right? Tests means, oh, stress. Tests means, um, I might fail. Tests, all these kind of thoughts. Tests are not good. We wish that, we don't mind school, we just don't like tests, right? But the Christian must know tests are good, are good. Whenever you go through it, I'm going through a test. Now, um, then the next part I want to ask is, now, um, all right, here. Now, what are some of the impurities that are there? All right, maybe I'll ask um, Dylan. Dylan, so you are put, being, God puts Dylan through a test, all right? What are some of the things that you think God wants to remove from Dylan to make Dylan stronger? Sin. All right, sins. Can you name one example of which sin? What sin? Lying. Lying, okay. Lying, all right, it could be that. Now, when you go through, go through a test, it's very, there's a great temptation to lie, correct? That's a great temptation to lie. Then the moment you remember it is a test, then Dylan say, oh, this is a test. Hang on, hang on. God is testing me and I'm tempted to lie. But because I know it is a test, what would Dylan do? I would do better. I would do better by, by doing what? By not lying. By not lying. Very good. And what, sorry? And try to fix my mistakes. And try to fix my mistakes, all right? So now, when the Christian is clear, I am going through a test. And tests are meant to remove things from me. The very thing that I want to do, because I remember it's a test, now I won't do it. Alright? Alright, so very good. Thanks for that. Now, um, God removes this. Now, the other thing is this. Um, now, when you go through tests, do you think, all right, uh, Matthew, 
Do you think God need to find out? I need to test Matthew because I don't know about Matthew. So I don't know Matthew's heart. So I need to test Matthew. Do you think that's the case? No. Why? God knows everything. Then the question is this, Isaac. So why, why does God test us? Because like your teacher tests you. Isaac, now you're sitting for a test. Because the teacher wants to find out how much you know, right? So if God already knows, so why does God test you? What do you think God wants to know? Oh, yeah. So yeah, besides the fact that God is refining you, but why does God use the word test? Um, God will be glorified. That's the second verse, all right? But who needs to know? God or you? Us. God knows everything. Now, Christian, we have to remember, when God puts us through tests, God is not saying, ah, I wonder what Isaac will do. It's not that. Now, God wants you to know. Well, in school, actually, they do that as well, right? They put you through tests. Enoch, all right? When you, when you take a test and you don't do well, what do you find out about yourself? I'm dumb. <laughs> okay, I'm dumb. Right, I'm dumb. I better do something about this. I'm not that smart. I'm not as smart as I thought I am. All right? So, now, one of the things about tests, when the Christian began to realize that God is putting me through tests to remove impurities, God is also putting me through tests to make me know myself. To cause me to know myself. Alright? So in that situation, maybe I ask um, um, uh, Ryan, right? You've gone through a situation. Now, when you're going through the test, you will notice what that many thoughts go through your mind, correct? Many thoughts go through your mind. When those thoughts go through your mind, do you discover some things about yourself? Yes, I see. Like what? Fear, very good. Also, like the spirit of compromise. Spirit of compromise, all right? So now, God says, I will put you through tests, all right? Because you need to know yourself. In order for to be strong, now maybe I ask Noah, Noah, it, what's the best way to be strong? You, if you know your? Weakness. Very good, all right? It's like that. To be strong, I must know my weaknesses. Why? Jesse. Very good. So I know what weaknesses I am actually prone to, and then I need to be very careful on that and to work on that. And when I know and I work on that, I become stronger, right? So God knows you, but we don't know ourselves. So these Christians that are going through trials, they may begin to think, don't worry, God, I am strong. When they come with their with their spears and their their knives. To threaten me, I will stand strong. And then they see them coming. And then all of a sudden, they realize, I have fears. Now, can you name someone, Faith, who was like that in the Bible? Um, I mean, you, I guess you said Peter, because he denied like, Yeah. Peter, right? Yeah. Peter. Peter always said, Lord, we, I will not deny you. I, I'm very strong. I love you so much. Even if everyone ran away from you, I will not run away from you, right? But when Peter was put through that test, 
But in Peter's case, he failed. He learned much about himself, and he changed after that, right? But here, Peter is writing to people to say, now, when you meet tests, you can fall. So I'm using this word to help you remember something. When you're going through this test, and say, suddenly fears come to my mind, all right? So like Ryan's example, I didn't realize that I would fear. In the past, I thought, when these things come, I will be strong, for example, right? Then realize suddenly, I think, hey, hang on, I have fears. And in my fears, I will, I sense, I feel the temptation of wanting to compromise. So suddenly, you learn things about yourself, correct? You learn things about yourself, then you begin to realize, huh, I, now, I need to now be very careful. These are the two things I must make sure I never do. So when God says, tests, tests are not meant to make you fall. Tests are meant to make you stronger. Now, can you please turn to um, Psalm 119? Psalm 119. Psalm 119. Psalm 119, verse 71. Can you read Psalm 119, 71 together with me? Alright, so Psalm 119, verse 71, reading. It is good for me that I have been afflicted, that I might learn thy statutes. You see, the psalmist, after going through many trials, he said, it is good for me to be afflicted. It is good for me to go through trials. When I go through trials, I actually learn more about your word. Alright, so trials are designed for you to know yourself. So the next time, well, now what is the best? Look up here, the best is what? You learn, okay, these are tests. Then I, then I learn about myself, I fear in these areas. I must make sure I don't fall in this area. So that's the best, correct? You haven't fallen. But if you did fall in the case of Peter, in the case of Peter, Peter did fall. What should you do? Now, Peter learned from then onwards. In fact, who is writing this? The man, the very man that denied Christ three times. He learned and he wrote to them, don't be like me. Alright? Don't be like me. I fell. You must know that these are tests. Peter at that moment, now if Peter at that moment knew this is a test, ah, then he will go through it strongly, right? Right? So just like in school, right? Your teacher say, all right, fill up this paper. Then you just, you can't be bothered. But the moment teacher say this is a test, oh, okay, okay. You take it very seriously, you're very careful, correct? So test, the Christian must recognize every trial is a test. Every trial is a test. So what you're going through at home, is it something that is terrible? No, it's a test. It's a test from God. All right, so those are a few things. Now, another thing that... Maybe I ask you, um, now how does tests also, how are tests also good? When you go through trials, what happens? Grace. Grace, when you're facing great difficulty and you're fearful, what would you do? You face them, but you're very afraid to face them. What do Christians do when they are fearful? What should Christians do when they are fearful? Pray. Very good. Alright? Pray. 
You see, the trials, why does trials refine you? Why does trial make you better as well? Trials drives you to pray. Before that, you're very self-confident. Before that, you trust in your own strength, correct? That is one of the problems. But when you face trials, it drives you to turn to God, right? So it's a good thing. It's a good thing. But of course, you've got to turn to God, right? It's a good thing. Now, does trials... Now, what does trials remove? Maybe Anna, all right? Life is very good. No trials, no tests. So that's very good. Now, when life is full of... Um, um, when life is without trouble, Anna, what, hap- what typically happens to Christian? We forget about God. That's one. Or trials is a good test, all right? It drives you to God. For example, like you see, they say, you will pray, all right? All right? We tend to forget about God when there are no trials. So are trials good? Then the sense good? Now, what about when Christians are, have no trials? What are the problems, Anna? We tend to, besides forget God, it has something to do with the world. We tend to love the world more, all right? No trouble, so you forget about God. Then you love all sorts of things in the world, right? You love the world, all the things, many things in the world began to be, well, attractive. Now, then maybe I'll move over or to the back there, right? Aaron, but when life is with trials, all right, how do you look at the world at that time, all of a sudden? It changes. How? Are this, is the world still very important and attractive? No. Not so much anymore, right? Not so much anymore. When you're undergoing trials... Now, so... When you're going through trials and someone offers you nice food, nice clothes, nice things. You look at them and you, your heart just have not much interest in them, right? Now, so does trial wean us from the world, all right? So what does trial do? It weans us from the world. It draws us away from the world. So are trials good tests? They are good tests, all right? They are good tests. Now then, maybe there is also another perspective, all right? There's also another perspective now, this is about you. This is about you. But let me ask you, um, how else does trial make you a, a more useful Christian? JB, you go through trials and difficulties and then you, 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 you suffer loss, right? How, how does it make you a better Christian, useful Christian? Very good. When you go through trials, you can use your experience to help someone who may be going through the same trials at the, at the same time as you or in the future. Now, is it a biblical thing or I'm just making up? Now, please turn to 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 1. 2 Corinthians chapter 1. See, trials are God's test and they have many good things. 2 Corinthians, chapter 1. All right. 
Shall we read verses 4 and 5 together? Verses 4 and 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 4 and 5. Now reading. Who comforteth us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble, by, comfort, by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolation aboundeth by Christ. Now, do you understand what Paul is writing? Now, Paul himself went through many tribulations. And he said, now, God comforts us in all our tribulation. Why? Now, one of the outcomes is that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble. Using what? The comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. So do you understand that trials, trials make you useful? You see, all these tests are very good tests. It makes you useful. Now, can you think of example? Um, maybe um, um, Josiah. What are examples of some of the trials that some, a Christian can go through? Then it becomes a very useful, um, you become a useful Christian in comforting others. Can you think of an example? Yes, specific example. Right? Alright, very good example. As students, sometimes you make certain choices not to be part of certain things because, you know, as a Christian, you should not be in those places doing those things. And then you know that you must bear a testimony, so you don't participate in those things. But as a result, your friends, your close friend even, well, they, they, they mock at you and then they, they alienate you. All right? Then you're no more their close group friends. You go through that and then you, another Christian who is going through that same trial, that same test, they are tempted to, to say, well, ah, no Christian can go through this. I'll just, I'll just, I'll just compromise. All right? But then you know that, then you can say, Christian, I went through the same thing. All right? God comforted me. All right, you can go through this. You don't have to compromise. These things are not important. All right, I can speak from my own experience. Correct? All right. Now, so um, next person. Now, if Justin, if if you didn't go through that, all right. So, for example, um, um, Janelle wants to compromise. All right, you didn't go through these kind of things, and then you. Oh, maybe I should ask Janelle that. Uh, the other way around, since he said that. All right, you, you, you are going through that. All right, you're going through that. And then Josiah experienced it. I didn't experience it. All right, so I keep trying to tell you, hey, this is a test. You must not fail the test. This is a test. You, must, you can go through it. Am I more effective of Josiah, or Josiah in convincing you? Of course, Josiah. Now, do you understand tests? You become more useful. Just now we say, what are tests for? God makes you, God refines you, and you become more useful to God. So test has that value also. So the Christian must not resist it. Now the question is this, Janelle, what happens if the Christian fails and falls? Can he be useful? No, what I mean, will he be still useful when he failed the test to try and comfort and encourage others? 
So my question is, if a Christian failed the test, will he still be a useful example to try and encourage someone who's going through the same test? No, not anymore, right? So you see, the Christian, what, what Peter is telling them is this, tests are good. Test makes you useful. The moment you remember there are tests, I must not fail. The moment you remember there are tests and I can be, if I pass it, it is my choice. God will definitely help me pass it. I can become useful. I must not fail. I must not choose to compromise, right? So tests, all right? So tests, the the choice of word that Peter used is to make them realize. Peter didn't choose the word what trials in, with the word of suffering kind of trials. Peter used the word refining, making you pure, making that metal become more useful. He chose this word to encourage the Christian, not words of like, oh, this is terrible, this is painful, this is going to be um, great suffering, that kind of trials. He didn't choose that word. All right? Now, let me see. Um, all right, so if I summarize this, test, the moment you face difficulties in life, you face temptations, always remember, I am going through a test now. I am going through a test now. You know, when I was, uh, when I was young, uh, I used to like to watch certain movies, which I'm not encouraging you to watch movies, don't, right? They are very bad influence. And then it's always, always some... Um, someone testing, some Kung Fu master testing the disciple kind of thing. It's always going through some tests. Then you're sitting, you're watching, you say, ah, oh, that's a test. Ah, oh, yeah, why oh, so stupid? Why do you fail the test? All right? Then, they, then they, become, they didn't become a great Kung Fu disciple, that kind of thing. All right? Silly things. But now I think about this, yes, actually the Christian must, must always think everything is a test in the Christian life. God is testing us. Don't fail. Right? Don't fail. And when you go through tests and you realize something about yourself, well, ask God for help. Become stronger in that. Okay? Reviews things to you. Tests are very good. Now, let us move to the next question. Question number four. Right? Question number four. Now, why does God tell us not to think it strange? Right? Now, question number four. Why does God, look at verse 12, Beloved, think it not strange. About the concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you. Fiery trials are to test you. But God says, don't think it strange. Now, why do you think so? Why do you think so? Uh, hang on, where was I? Um, next. Um, yes. Okay, very good. Look at verse 12. Because God already say that trials are to test us. Trials are to test us. But then I can argue with you. Um, but some tests are very, very surprising. It has to do with the word that God chose. The word that God used, gave to Peter to use. And the word was fiery trial, right? Fiery trial is like this. This, this metal smith putting the metal in the, tri- in the furnace to try it. So when the Christian hear it, it's that word, they will say, yeah, then I don't need to think that it's strange. Why? Because part of our sanctification. Part of our sanctification. Okay. But, oh, the sister get the question, but, but my questions are not very sharp tonight. Now, maybe i ask you, uh, Nicole, 
I'm sure you know the answer, um, just that my questions are not sharp. Now, Nicole, when you see, when you hear this word, it is about a metal smith putting the metal through the fire. Why is it that when you hear that word, you say, oh, then, then I don't need to think that it's a very strange thing that happened to me. Why? Do you understand my question? Okay, you think so, alright, then try to give an answer that you think is... Why? Why is it not strange? Uh, repeat. Okay, I'll give you the answer. Right? Now, maybe I'll try someone else. Who understands my question? Or who wants to try? God specifically chose the word. Alright, JB wants to try. God specifically chose the word and then they'll say, yeah, truly, no need to think it's strange. JB, yes. Alright, very good. As much as the blacksmith would naturally refine the metal before he uses it, then the Christian must realize if God were to use us and as we walk through this Christian life on earth, God will naturally refine us. Naturally. Alright? So God chose this word to make them doubly assured. Don't think it's strange as well as choose this word. Now maybe I put it this way. So for the, for the people hearing this word, they will imagine. Now you imagine, huh? the blacksmith, all right, the metalsmith, the blacksmith, he goes to work. He looks at the metal here and there is a furnace there. Do you think anyone think, hey, hang on, hang on, that, that metalsmith, I think there's something wrong with him. He's doing something very strange. He's taking the metal and putting it into the fire. No one would say that because all metalsmith does that. So when God chose this word, instead of words that, that would describe well, just pain and suffering, is to say, don't think it's strange. God will definitely do that to you, <laughs> right? So that is the point. God said, I am the refiner. Why, why do you even think it's strange that you will be put through tests, put through the fiery refining? I would definitely do that, all right? So that is what Jillian said right from the beginning. God will want to sanctify us. God want to cleanse us. Of course, God will put us through the fiery furnace. Alright? So, Christian, now, the point of question four is this. Um, it is part of God's design. Just like the metal smith or blacksmith is part of his working process, part of his design. He intentionally does it. The Christian must realize that trials in our life, alright, so what you all go through, is actually something that God intentionally planned and did. That's why you should not be surprised, alright? It is part of God's plan to put you through tests. So no Christian should feel, why is my life so difficult when I live the Christian obedient life. Why has my life suddenly become more difficult? That question should not cross your mind. Now it also means this, I hope you understand. No, maybe I should ask you. Then therefore, um, maybe ask um, um, the next person. Now, uh, Lily. 
Alright? Just try. When you realize God will definitely put me through tests, then when test happens, um, what are some of the things that I must go through my must go through my mind? What will go through your mind? You know, God intend to put you through it. Very good, right? Some things. What is God trying to test me in? What is this test about? Right? Because we know God will definitely put us through tests. So we must ask ourselves that. What is this test about? You cannot ignore it. You cannot ignore it, alright? We'll, we'll talk more about that after. You cannot ignore that this is something that God wants me to learn. What is it? Now, then, alright? So the answer helps me to... Um, Maybe, uh, I ask this question, um, now, do you think you need to fear now, right? Maybe Jemima, right? Jemima, actually my question, my answer to, to my question is, should the Christian need to fear when there is fiery trial? So the answer is no. Now that you know, you know God chose this word. Alright, and you know that, then therefore, um, I should not fear. Now, why should a Christian not fear when he knows that this, that, that everything that I face, fiery trust that I face, is from God? I do not need to fear anymore. Why? Because you think of the Christian, huh? they're coming with swords and knives towards you. Alright, then you say, this is a test from God. And because it's a test from God, I do not need to fear. Why? God intended it for your good, so I don't need to fear. Alright? God intended it for my good. I do not need to fear. In fact, I should... Hazel, if it's for your good, you should. <laughs> I should thank God for it. I should look for it. Thank God. Thank you, Lord, for allowing this trial in my life today. Now we laugh, right? Our friends just went through real tests, real trials. So now you begin to realize, God, if this is designed by you, I don't need to fear. In fact, I'm thankful. Thank you for testing me. Now, the other thing is this. Do you need to fear? Okay, so the metal smith, right? Remember this word, huh? Alright, since uh, just now Jillian didn't answer my, didn't answer my question, now I tried Jillian again. Jillian? Now, the metal smith. The metal smith brings this metal to the fire. Alright? What do you think the metal smith will be thinking about if he wants to improve this metal, he wants to use this metal? So when he puts this metal through that fire, he con the temperature and he, that he set and all that, what do you think is going through his mind? Is it to... Okay, <laughs> alright, my questions are a problem tonight. Alright, do you think the, the metal smith, okay, you get the question, you get the question, Ryan. So you mean like to do a temperature? Right. It's like the flame is not going to be like extremely hot that it will like burn. Very good, alright, so, <laughs> so, so, so he got it, alright. Now, so when he looks at the fire, do you think he's going to ah, just make it as hot as possible and throw the metal in? No, he intends to use the metal. He intends to make the metal useful. So he will definitely be very he'll be controlling the fire, watching the fire. When he puts it in, he knows when to pull it out, when to put it in again, what is happening to it. He's watching it all the time, correct? 
So you remember this word is chosen to paint all these pictures in our mind. So when God puts us through a fiery trial, we do not need to fear because God designed it. Can you turn your hymn books to hymn 328? 328. Uh, I believe the hymn writer to have chosen, have written this with this in mind. Now, 328. Now look at verse 4. Right? Look at verse 4. Hymn 3 to 8, verse 4. Now, when through fiery trials, right? This is the word. This is the word, fiery trials. When through fiery trials, thy pathway shall lie. Means in your pathway, there are fiery trials. My grace all sufficient shall be thy supply. So God says, I will help you through it. But now God says this, the flame shall not hurt thee. The flame shall not hurt thee. I only design Thy dross to consume, thy gold to refine. This is exactly this passage. This gold, they will put it through the fire, all right, to remove dross, means all the impurities, and to make it refine, all right, to refine the gold. So here God says in His Word, I am the, I am the metal smith, you are the metal. I intend to put you through fire. Every Christian. If you're a child of God, God intends to put you through, through the fire. The works, the metalsmith intends to put metals through fire. But he will design the flame very carefully only to remove the impurities, not to destroy the metal. Alright? Not to destroy the metal. So, so the Christian, when you face trials, and then there are temptation to compromise, there are temptation to give up, there are temptation to leave. And, and disobey God, then you must remember, hey, hang on, this is actually supposed to make me better. Supposed to make me better. And whatever that flame that looks so frightening to me is designed by God. The trial that I face, the person may be screaming, the person may be threatening me and all that, but it's designed by God. It will not hurt my soul. It will not destroy my soul. Some of the Christians, yes, they die for their faith, but their soul will never destroy, right? The worst they can do, they kill them. But what will happen after they die? Veronica, what happens when the Christians die? They go to heaven straight away. They cannot touch the soul, right? So Christian, when you go through difficulties, when you go through trials, always remember, designed by God, it will not destroy you. The only person that can destroy you is yourself, right? Yourself, that's all. So always remember, it's a test. God will see you through it. Now, so let's come back to this question, all right? Question number four. So please remember, the trials are designed by God. They will not harm you. Instead, they are supposed to strengthen your spiritual walk with God. Draw you closer to God. Make your faith stronger. Now I ask you the question next. Back here, all right. Why would going through trials make our faith stronger? Abigail. Um, because it will um, make us get rid of our sins. Make you get rid of your sins, all right. But now, how does the experience make you stronger?
all right, you make others, you help others. But the key thing is, you see, when you go through something and then you experience the help of God, if you don't give up, does your faith become stronger? I experienced that. Now, that is called experiential faith, right? You experience it, you know it. Then the next time, actually, it's another purpose of test. Uh, Elisha, why do teachers keep putting you through tests? Take this test, take that test. Do you go through tests? In school? Sometimes. Why do teachers keep putting you through tests? Right? Test your understanding and help you to know your understanding and then you can improve. Now, after you, the more tests you do, what happens? Uh, Anna? Um, well, when you make a mistake, you go back. You make a mistake, you go back. But as you go through tests, are you, more, are you very afraid when the next test comes? You become more comfortable with tests, right? You become more and more comfortable with tests. You, every time you go through tests, you see God help you. Go through tests, you see God helps you. You went through tests, God help you. So, now tests are also to prepare us. Because one day when you come out and work, or one day when you enter university, or one day when you go through life, there will be a very severe test. Now, does the teacher make you take a very difficult test straight away? They put you through progressively difficult tests, correct? So, what's the lesson? Now, Gracia, as you go through more and more tests, you get easier tests, then more difficult tests, more difficult tests. What's the teacher preparing you for? The biggest test, alright? The biggest test. The big exam. Now, I was talking to some of you all and say, Oh, what, what are you doing during holidays? Oh, doing, 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 uh, doing, still need to study. I say, why? Oh, because the teacher put us through this or the tuition teacher to put us to, to prepare me for the more difficult year, alright? What are they doing? They give you tests to prepare you because they know that the big test is coming. So, do you understand when God designed tests? God knows that there will be a great test coming in your life or many great tests coming in your life. Now, if you keep failing the small tests that God put you through, when the big test comes, you will definitely fail. Correct? You will definitely fail. So, Christian, God says, now, don't be shocked, don't be surprised. I am designing things. I'm putting you through things. So, actually, when you go through tests, you must be prepared in your heart. There may be greater tests coming. Correct? Alright, so now we go to question 5 quickly. Question number 5. Now, what does... Think it not strange mean? What does think it not strange mean and what must I learn? Right? What does think it not strange mean? What must I learn? Now, number one, it means don't be surprised. Don't be surprised. Don't think that this is something out of the ordinary. That is why it's strange, right? Strange means out of the ordinary. So, Christian, can you realize this? God says, when you go through great difficulties, this is an ordinary thing. <laughs> Don't think it's strange. Don't think this is extraordinary. Now, please remember, God is writing to Christians that are going through very severe persecution. Not the kind we go through in life. Very severe ones. But yet, God says, don't think this is out of ordinary. They say, what? But God says, don't think this is extraordinary. What? Peter, are you serious? This is not extraordinary. So, now, in fact, if you look at this word, look at verse 12. Think it not strange. Think it not strange. Now, in Greek, there are, Greek is a very precise language, I always tell you. 
There are a few ways when God says, don't. Alright, this one, think it not. Don't think that it's strange. It can be, you never thought it was strange. Don't start thinking that it's strange. Or, you have been thinking that it's strange and God says, now stop thinking it's strange. Now this is the second one. Means God is saying that the Christians just keep thinking, why God, why, why, why? How can it be? Why is it like that? We became Christians, I thought became Christians, we, become, we, we are victory, we are victors, you know, we, life is easy, you will bless us. Why? So God says, you need to stop thinking that it is strange. Now Christian, one day we will face trials from God, tests. You must remember this, I must not, I must, I must stop thinking, God, why, why, why? But rather, God, thank you, this is a test, help me through this. I want to come out stronger through this. Instead of keep asking why, 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 God says you must already know it. Okay, so I want you to know, so don't, don't be surprised. In other words, there is no surprises in the Christian life. Don't find it surprising. Now, then you look at verse 12, the second part. As though something strange had happened to you. As though something strange happened unto you. Now, Peter says it another way. In other words, God, God is saying this. Not only don't be surprised, but actually expect it. <laughs> Alright? As if something strange happened to you. Not only don't, don't be surprised, but actually expect trials. Christian, if your life has been peaceful and good, but God says, expect trials. Don't think it's strange. As if something happened to you. Expect it. Expect it. Be prepared for it. Be prepared for it. Now, this is not asking you to go out and find trouble, alright? Alright? Purposely go stand in the middle of the road, and shout, we are against this, we are against that kind of thing. Um, this is not that. But God says, well, expect, expect to be tested. Which student in school, well, this is Australia, I'm not sure if I'm correct. Which student in school don't expect tests and exams? Wait, what grade almost do you have exams? Grade? Whatever, all right? As long as you're a student, all right, let's talk about university as a student. You don't enter university expecting no exam. Huh? Huh? Exams? How come there are exams? I didn't know there are exams. No one does that. So God is saying exactly that. No Christians should say, no Christians should enter the Christian race and think there should be no trials, all right? Now, question number six. Now, if I don't realize and remember that trials are tests from God, when I go through them, or when I see others go through them, my question is not incomplete. Alright? What will happen? Alright? What will happen? So please, what will happen? Now, so my question is, if you don't, real, don't remember, don't realize and keep remembering, trials are tests from God. What will happen to you? Number one. Number two, what will happen when you see others go through trials? Understand the question now, quite straightforward. Veronica, next, right? So you answer the first part. What will happen if Veronica faced trials? Your friend said, Hey Veronica, you're not going for this. Ah, wow, you know, you look so stupid not going through going with us. And Veronica, we're not going to talk to you anymore. You're going through trials. Because it's simply because you say, I'm a Christian, I don't want to be part of these things, alright? So you're going through that. Now if you forget, if you don't remember and keep remembering, trials are from God. What would happen? And then they all leave you alone. From then on, they don't talk to you. If you don't remember trials are tests, what will happen to you? How would you feel? Say again. 
you will feel upset. I will feel very upset. Maybe a teacher walk up to you, Veronica, this is a test. Do you feel upset? You feel upset? <laughs> Why you give me a test? If we kind of expect as a student we get tests, right? You expect that I'm a student, I will get tests. Right? You don't get upset, you get upset. Teacher, why are you giving me a test? test? Right? Students don't get upset when you get a test. Maybe you prefer not to have a test, but you don't get upset at teacher. Why are you giving us a test? You expect a test. Now, so number one, when you expect tests in life, you do not get upset. All right, I, I fully expected this. But I didn't expect them to, to really don't talk to me anymore after that. I didn't expect that, but I expected tests. So I don't get upset. All right, you don't get upset. But what else would you not, would you, would you, would you, would you feel, uh, Phoebe? Now, if you forget that, that Christians will go through tests, and tests are from God, if you forget that, what will happen to you? She get upset you? Say again. You get what? Very good. I may compromise. I may compromise. When you don't know that this is a test, test means God wants you to pass it, correct? Test means God wants you to pass it. The moment you know this is a test, then you say, I want to pass it. I don't want to compromise. Alright? So when you keep thinking life is a test, these are tests, these are tests, it's a very good thing to remember. Alright? So Caleb just asked you, when you face something, remember it is a test. Okay. Alright? I'll test you the next time. Right. Now, and then maybe I ask any. Now, um, so yes, you compromise means you disobey God. Now, maybe any, then you ask the second part. I ask you the second part. Now, what will happen if you don't remember this attest and then you see Tanya go through trouble at home for obeying God? What will happen in your heart if you don't remember that Christian goes through tests? What will happen in your heart? I don't know. I don't know, Tanya. I don't really care. <laughs> what, what? Okay, maybe it's someone that you, is close to you. Then if someone goes through, wow, become a Christian, then go through this kind of trouble at home uh, for obeying God. What may go through your mind? I don't understand. You don't understand. All right. Yeah. Maybe ask Tanya. You understand my question? All right. Um, you might feel like discouraged, like that the Christian life is like that. Right. You may feel discouraged. So you may say, hey, wow, you become Christian and then the life becomes so tough. Now you understand the question? You look at someone else, wow, when people become Christians, they suffer at home. Then you might begin to feel, of course not you, you don't understand because your mom encourages you all to come to church, right? Yeah, but sometimes a Christian will feel, now, what happened to me? If I say I want to be a Christian, will this happen to me at home as well, right? That's my question. Yeah. So when you don't remember, these are tests. Christians will go through tests. When you see other Christians go through tests, you might fear. You say, then maybe when I face those things, maybe I shouldn't be so obedient to God, right? Now, actually, maybe even back to the, on your own, can a Christian feel discouraged when you go through tests, Tanya? You can. You can go through discouragement, but when you know that it is, a, when you know, ah, these are tests, what happens in your heart? I want to, such with P, I want to, not puke, huh? I want to, when you, when you see test paper, I want to fail, pass, right? 
I want to pass. See, the moment you remember it's a test, you say, I want to pass. When you feel discouraged, you don't, you're not thinking about discouraged. And you don't keep looking at, oh, why is this? Instead of feeling discouraged, you feel encouraged. I want to pass this. I want to pass this. Right? So, yes, you can feel, you can feel lonely. You can feel discouraged. When you, but once you think, ah, oh, wait, hang on, this is a test. Aha. Uh-huh. You know, back to those Kung Fu movies I used to watch. I say, oh yeah, why is he so discouraged? It's a test. Hello, hello, it's a test, you know. Don't watch, huh? They say, these are bad movies. But what I'm trying to say is, once you realize it's a test, you behave differently. Alright? So you don't feel discouraged anymore. Now, I'm very encouraged that, that sometimes, like I see you all, you, 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 went through this, you went through tests, and when you come to church, you did not like, oh, everybody hug me, please. I need a hug. Everybody give me some love. You know, sit down and so what, can you ask me about what I went through? I want to tell you what I went through. But I see you all talking to others, encouraging others instead. That's what it is because you say it was a test. That's it. Now, how many of you after you take a test in school, take a test, go home and say, oh, can someone please hug me? I just went through a very difficult time. Say, this is, every student take tests, right? Can you imagine your sister come back? Brother, can you give me a hug? I just took a test. Say, what's wrong with you? Every student goes through tests. Right? It's just a test. Everybody goes through tests. So there's no more self-pity, right? No more self-pity. No more, ah, oh. you just say, well, it's a test. I went through a test. That's it. I went through a test to be useful to others, right? So I'm not here to wallow in self-pity. All right, so te- remembering there's a test is very, very good. It's very, very important. So God says, please don't take it as a surprise. It's normal. I intend and I design tests for you. How we like it? Every one of us have different tests designed for us. In school, you all take the same test. Huh? But God designs tests for each one of us. He knows what are the things He needs to remove. Okay, that's a good point that um, um, Lily and someone brought up. God designed tests to remove things that He needs to remove from you. So you must look forward to tests. Like the metalsmith, different kinds of metal he knows he needs to use different kind of temperature. It's designed for different metals. Right? So God knows what you need to remove, what needs to be removed from you. So don't be discouraged, alright? Okay, so now the other one is if well, if you don't remember these are tests, you don't know how to encourage the other person, right? So I ask, right? If if you see someone else going through trials, and you as a Christian don't remember they are going through tests, what will happen? You don't know how to encourage them, correct? You don't know how to spur them on to continue to obey God. Brother, sister, continue to obey God. Don't worry. This is a test. You must pass it. Alright? God will help you. We will pray for you. Encourage them, correct? But if you don't remember that these are tests, when you call the person, maybe I ask, Isaac, you don't, you don't know this, you don't remember this attest, then Matthew is facing bullying in school for being a Christian. Alright? What will you tell Matthew? If you don't remember that it, this attest, what will you tell Matthew? Alright, Matthew fainted already. <laughs> Matthew's been waiting for encouragement, waiting, waiting, and nothing came. Matthew, what will you do if the other way around? If you don't remember, Isaac is going through tests. 
You must remember his test. If you don't, then what, what will you tell Isaac? You see, Isaac has a temper problem. Isaac is very explosive. Yes, if you don't remember that God wants to remove a bad temper from Isaac, and God will bring things to Isaac's life to test him, means to make him purer. And that very thing is to make Isaac angry and explode. If you don't remember his test, you will tell Isaac, beat them up. But if you remember his test, what will you tell Isaac? Stay faithful to God. God is testing you. Shh, shh, shh. God is testing you. Don't get angry. Don't explode. God is testing you. Then Isaac will begin to remember. Correct? So now, Christian, what I'm trying to say is this. When God says, don't think that is, don't think it's strange, as though something strange happened to you. Now, it's to really remind you. And when you see others as well, don't think it's strange. You are supposed to help them. They are tests. They are tests. Alright? So, please remember that. Now, should I, when I see you go through trials, should I call you and say, I uh, just compromise, never mind, it's okay, right? Just, just disobey God, it's okay. I cannot, because I know you, God is trying to make you better, correct? Now, last one, question number seven. Now, so the question is, were the persecutions merely physical Body, physical, bodily for them. Physical and bodily for them. Now, what lessons are there for me? Now, the answer to you straight away is this. Now, these persecutions that, were, that they were going through, they are physical. Right? They are physical, yes. But actually, the great persecution is, is in the mind. It's in the mind. Because it's fear. Alright? It's a lot of feelings that are going through it. They are going through it. Alright? So, remember... The lesson about um, tests are fears in your heart. A lot of emotions will go through your heart, right? Well, fear of fear of pain, fear of losses, fear of shame, being ashamed, you know? And all these are actually going on in your heart and your mind. So the Christian must control the heart and the mind when you are going through tests. Now, maybe the next person, you you know, when you're about to take a test, all right, then you're panicking, all right, and all that. Um, what do you think is the best help for you to tell you to? You're panicking, right? You're panicking. The paper came to you. This is the test. The paper is before you. And then once you panic, what happens to your mind? You get distracted, you get distracted, and do you, can you remember the things that you study? You forget. You forget. So when God says, now don't think it's strange. Don't think it's strange. The thing that you're going through, look at verse 12. Huh? Beloved, think it not. It's about your thinking. You need to control your thinking when you're going through tests. It is something that is not just merely physical. The moment you don't control your thinking and keep saying, this is a test. I, this is a test. Huh? This test, test, this is a test. This is a test. I must not fail it. If you panic and you just say, I want to get out of this, what will happen? Well, fear takes over and you will fail the test. So God says, control your thinking. Control your thinking. Alright? So that is where it begins. That's a lesson.
Now, um, question number eight, and then we finish, all right? Question number eight. Well, we, we'll come back the next time, all right? When we do question number eight, what are some fiery trials? So you go back and think, as students, you go through fiery trials, what are some of they? What are some of them? All right, so the bottom line today is, please, Christian, whenever you face challenges as a Christian, being mocked as a Christian, remember these are tests. Don't fail it. Don't fail it. Now let us turn to God in prayer.